Welcome to Emmanuel. On today's program, we share a recent message from our Sunday morning services. Let's join them right now. Emmanuel, in 2021, we felt the Lord ask us to listen. And as a community, we experienced the joy and closeness of gathering in person. We welcomed home families of new and old to experience life change Sunday after Sunday. And over the course of a year, we averaged almost 3,000 people across all our locations. Week after week, people experienced Jesus for the first time with 2,200 salvations, both in person and online. 197 people went public with their faith through water baptism. In our next-gen ministries, there were over 400 salvations with 160 kids jumping in to serve their peers on kids' ministry teams, leading worship and sharing God's Word through teaching and drama. We welcomed our largest incoming class to Emmanuel Leadership College as we continue to invest in the next generation with full force. Our generosity stretched to new heights this year as we exceeded our goal and gave over 1.4 million to reach the world our nation, and our city through Kingdom Builders. Teams were sent by Emmanuel to be the hands and feet of Jesus in the countries of Guatemala and Honduras. We were able to partner with Pando and provide tablets that bring the hope-filled messages of Emmanuel to prisons nationwide. 231 inmates received the gift of salvation. Come on, somebody, locally. We mobilized hundreds of people from Team Emmanuel on Serve Day and provided 1,086 Thanksgiving gift boxes to lift up families in the holiday season. New milestones were reached as we celebrated and honored the 20-year anniversary of our Hispanic ministry. And the legacy of this ministry is a reflection of our church as a house of prayer for all nations. Our family continued to take new shape as we welcomed Lakeville as our fourth location. Maple Grove reimagined their next-gen classrooms and the funds came in for our Elk River expansion. We're ready to break ground in 2022. There is so much to be excited about as we celebrate what God has done and look forward to what's ahead. Emmanuel, the best is truly yet to come. Amen. How many can say the best is truly yet to come? Can we take a moment, clap, and thank God for his faithfulness over the past year? So good to be together today, and uh, I want to welcome everyone who is joining Emmanuel Online. Thank you guys so much for being part of today's service. Thank you all from the different locations, Elk River, Maple Grove, Lakeville. Thank you guys for being part of this amazing family, and thank you all here at Spring Lake Park as well. God has been faithful. He has been with us on our journey, and today as we look back, we can uh, be filled with gratitude and filled with hope and faith for what he will continue to do. Amen? So today as we uh, launch into 2022, and some of you are like, if I've learned anything over the past couple years is that there's so many things that are out of my control. And uh, some are like, I don't know if I want to actually, you know, turn the calendar page into this new year, you know, should we poke 2022 with a stick and see if it's safe or, or not? But uh, the reality is, 
God is sovereign. He is always in control. He, he has a plan. He has a purpose. And as we lean into him, into his voice, we get to come into alignment with what he is doing. And this is going to be a great year. How many say amen to that? This is going to be a great year. This is going to be a great year. Today, as we uh, take time to look at scripture, I want to just highlight something that we saw in this recap video a moment ago. There's so many great things that have happened throughout this year. And it's so important to pause and reflect and, and take a moment to thank God for that. We did this on December 31st as a family. We took a moment to sit down and uh, took turns and said, okay, what, what was a highlight for you in 2021? And, and we each talked about how God had showed up, how he had answered prayers, how he came through, how he went above and beyond our expectations. And because we know that he has been present with us, we anticipate that great things are ahead as well. I love that as a church, uh, we've been invested and involved in making a difference in our community. Emmanuel's much more than just gathering on a Sunday morning. It's about uh, serving our city. It's about making an impact around the world. And uh, wanted to add a, a quick mention that there are two upcoming mission trips, kingdom builder trips that are going to be going to India and Honduras that are coming up. And those are available. There's different information that you can find for that. Pastor Will Jones will be leading the one to India. And Pastor Tito Altoro will be leading the uh, team down to Honduras. And so there's opportunities to continue to make a difference and an impact in our world. Genesis chapter 35. You brought your Bible, like Pastor Nate says, lift it up, wave it in the air like you just don't care. Or your phone, or if you have it memorized, you can just wave your head and, uh, and just say, today uh, we're going to be looking at the story of Jacob as it's so fitting for this moment in our journey. This is actually uh, like a theme portion for our family, for the Graham's family. It, it really it, it connects to a moment in Jacob's story where uh, it seemed like his, his story had already ended. Like everything, you know, there was all kinds of drama and there was, uh, there was all kinds of, of adventure that had happened and there was mishaps and there was all kinds of different chapters in his journey. And, and we find him, he's well past 100 years old at the time of, of this chapter 35. And it seems like everything is, is done. But, uh, but God still had more that he wanted to accomplish in Jacob's life. Now, just a real brief recap as we're looking at the story of Jacob. We're talking about Abraham's grandson, Isaac's son. Isaac and, Rebe and uh, Rebecca had two kids. They had Esau and Jacob. They were twins. And Jacob was named uh, Jacob, which means swindler or cheater or hustler, I think would pre probably be a better way to put it. Because as he was born, he grabbed the heel of his brother. And it's like he was trying to tackle him and, 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 uh, and, and, and beat him to uh, be the firstborn out of the twins. Throughout his life, he always lived up to his reputation as a hustler. He always looked for ways to get ahead. He always tried to outsmart the people in the room. He always tried to figure out what angle he could use 
to be able to, to uh, accomplish his strategies. He was a strategic. And, uh, and, and, you know, so he had an alliance with his mom. Esau had an alliance with his dad. And uh, long story short, uh, Jacob cheats his, his brother out of his inheritance, out of the blessing that was due to the firstborn. He cheats his, his dad. He lies to his dad, and he ends up uh, banished from his home. He's got to flee for his life. Because his brother Esau is so angry that he's about to kill him, to murder him. So he ends up fleeing for his life and he stops in the middle of a desert and he has nothing. He's a, he's a nomad. He has no belongings. He doesn't even have a pillow. He grabs a rock and uses that as a pillow, lays down, goes to sleep. And he has this dream of a ladder that stretches all the way up to heaven. There's angels that are going up and down this ladder and, uh, and, and, he, and he realizes that God is present with him in that place. He wakes up and he freaks out and he says, I had no idea that God was here. And, uh, and he says, this is a gateway to heaven. This is like a, a door to heaven. And, uh, and, and, he, and he begins this conversation with God. Up to this point, God was just his grandfather and his father's religion. It wasn't something that he owned for himself. Up to this point, he saw it as, that's Grandpa Abraham's faith, that's Isaac's faith, but it's not something that really applies to me. And even this morning, as you're tuning in online or you're, you're joining from another location or you're sitting in the room today, you may have a, a, a perception of God that is more connected to friends, family, or, or your grandparents or your parents, but you're still not decided or defined on what your relationship with God is going to be. And that's exactly where Jacob was at. The good news is that God showed up. God proved uh, himself. Not that God needs to defend his existence, but he showed up. He came in, in a loving and uh, in, in an amazing way and, and sought Jacob out. And that's what has happened in each of our stories as well. We didn't find God. He found us. We didn't take steps towards him. He had already taken steps towards us and he met us where we were at. We don't deserve to have God in our life. He's gifted us that privilege. He's stepped into our story and brought blessing and favor. And like we were just seeing about him being Jaira, our provider, our healer. He's, he's, he's our sustainer. He's everything. But he's the one that took the initiative to come and meet us where we're at. Jacob wakes up and then right away shifts into his hustling mode. And he begins to hustle God out of blessings. And he begins to say, if you will provide food and clothing and shelter and bring me back with protection to this land, then I will give you the privilege of being my God. And, and I will throw in 10% of everything that I own. And God looked at him. He's like, you don't have any, you don't even have a pillow. You've got a rock for a pillow. You have not, there's nothing, you know that? And he's like, no, but as you provide for me, I will give you 10% back. And God's like, I, I, whew, I cannot pass this deal up. This is too good to be true. And, uh, and, and, and God must have looked down from heaven and thought, that's so cute. Thank you. Thank you so much, Jacob, for the privilege of, 
of, of making me your God. You know, we don't, we don't make God God. He is God. We just, we acknowledge him and we, and we bring our life into alignment with his purposes and his plans. But Jacob started a relationship with him. It wasn't an immediate uh, life transformation that happened. It was really the beginning of a journey where he began to know God and he began to walk with him. He didn't stop hustling the people around him. He went and worked for a relative called Laban and they both tried to cheat each other. It was like playing chess over decades and they stole from each other and they cheated each other and then he ended up having a family and it grew and he had belongings and he had all kinds of prosperity and it was time to go home. And so he finally goes back to his land. God says, it's time to pick up your family and move back home. But he's afraid because his brother's probably going to murder him. And he gets to this place where uh, God shows up again. And, uh, and he has this wrestling match with him. It's, it's an amazing story. Read it in the, in the book of Genesis. And, and God renames him and says, you will no longer be called Jacob. You're not going to be called the hustler you're going to be called Israel because you have fought with God and you have won. I'm changing your name from hustler to overcomer. Isn't that powerful? And at that point, Jacob had another further encounter with God. And it, and it continued to shape his understanding, not only of who God is, but who he himself was. So Jacob does end up meeting his brother Esau. They reconcile. Esau has forgiven him and Jacob settles in the land and he continues to prosper and grow. He's got kids. He's got grandkids. He's got belonging. He's got all kinds of things. And you'd think this is a great point to end the story. Everything is great. It's a wonderful, uh, you know, happy ending to Jacob's story. But God wasn't done with him yet because Jacob got stuck even in the middle of all his blessings, even in the middle of all his prosperity, even in the, middle, in the middle of fulfilled dreams and promises, he got stuck. And he went from being called overcomer, he drifted back into being plain old hustler, the Jacob that he had always been known to be. And God meets him there in Genesis 35. So let's read together. Then God says in verse 1, to Jacob, get ready and move to Bethel and settle there. Build an altar there to the God who appeared to you when you fled from your brother Esau. So Jacob told everyone in the household, get rid of all your pagan idols, purify yourselves and put on clean clothing. We are now going to Bethel where I will build an altar to the God who answered my prayers when I was in distress. He has been with me wherever I have gone. So they gave Jacob, all their pagan idols and earrings, and they buried them under a great tree near Sichem. As they set out, a terror from God spread over the people and all the towns of the area, so no one attacked Jacob's family. Eventually, Jacob and his household arrived at Luz, also called Bethel, in Canaan. Jacob built an altar there and named the place El Bethel, which means God of Bethel, because God had appeared to him there when he was fleeing from his brother Esau. Now it mentions all these different towns and names and this is really easy to brush through as you're reading scripture, but it's such a meaningful moment because God shows up and he says, you know what? I'm not done with your life. 
I haven't finished my purposes with you. And I want to bring you back to where it all started. I want to bring you back to the origin, to the moment when we first met, to the moment when we, when we begin this journey together. I want to bring you back to Bethel, the place where you were at when you had nothing, when you, when you laid your head on a rock because you didn't even have a pillow, the place where you said that you would make me your God, that you would, you would establish a covenant and an agreement with me. And that's the place where I not only listen to you, but I actually promise that I would extend my plans and my blessing and my future that I promised Abram and Isaac and that I would extend it to you and I would give you multitudes as a family, as an inheritance and a legacy. And, and I would, I would, your life would count and it would make such an impact in the history of the world. God brings him back to Bethel. And I think that, you know, it's, so, it's appropriate for us at this moment in our journey into 2022 to pause and reflect. And it's, it's a good time for us to remember, to remember the journey that we've been on. We just saw that video recap of this past year and God's faithfulness over the year. But what if we expand that and go back farther yet? My uh, kids just discovered a box filled with uh, pictures. And we were trying to explain that when we took pictures back in the day, we didn't get to see them right away. We didn't know if they were good or not. We, there was no filters. In fact, there was this amazing invention called a one-hour photo uh, developing spot. Remember that? And we would take them in and we, you know, we were just we were amazed. The speed that we could get our pictures back at, right? wasn't weeks. It was, you know, within an hour, you could see those prints. And, uh, and so they were pretty impressed. And, and uh, they had some good laughs at when I had hair on the top of my head. And uh, they found one where, where uh, actually we, it was the night that Analia and I got engaged. And uh, I had taken her out to dinner. And it was, you know, there's a whole, that's a whole sermon in itself, Right. And, uh, and, and so we were by this, this restaurant on the riverfront, and uh, we had fancy dinner, and then we're out by the river, and I proposed, and, and as I mentioned recently, she started giggling and laughing, and she was excited, but I didn't really understand why she was laughing and not answering, and then finally she did answer when I pulled out the ring, and, and, uh, and, and now we've been married 21 years. But they, they uh, <laughs> yeah, I think that is, that's worth celebrating, isn't it? Yes. It's a good moment to clap. Um, but in retelling the story, we're reminded of our journey and we're reminded of the choices we made, the covenants we made. We celebrate our anniversary as a, as a refreshing and a restatement of the vows that we've exchanged. That we'll be together for richer, for poorer, in sickness and in health that we'll be faithful to each other and, uh, and exclusive in our relationship. God brings Jacob back to Bethel as a refresher and a reminder of that journey. It says in Psalm 77, 11, but then I recall all you have done, O Lord. I remember your wonderful deeds of long ago. It's important to pause, to reflect, to think back on God's faithfulness. What are the promises he's given you? 
What are the answered prayers that you've experienced? What are the miracles that are part of your story? What are the victories that you've had? Don't forget that. That actually frames our life in a much clearer way than our current anxieties and stress and, and uh, worries. It's so easy to get stuck in the moment we're in and lose sight of the overarching goodness of God and his faithfulness in our life. But as we remember, there's also something that God said to Jacob. I don't know if you noticed when we were reading that, but he said, you need to get rid of your pagan idols. You need to get rid of all these, these things you've collected along the way. And I've got a, actually one of the um, trunks that we've used multiple times as, we, as we've moved over the years. Uh, Analia and I have moved and started pretty much from scratch so many times. We uh, moved from here to Argentina back in 2010, and we had uh, 20 of these, 20 of these Packers. And if you were trying to find these at Walmart in 2010, you couldn't find them. I went all over the Twin Cities and bought them all. And so moved down, relocated to South America with 20 of these. And then when we were unpacking them, we were like, why did we bring this stuff? <laughs> Some of this, why, you know, we're not going to need this anymore. Why did we even bring this? And then we've moved back up here. And in the last eight years, we've lived in St. Paul, Roseville, Maple Grove, Blaine, Blaine again, right? Recently, we, uh, we, we settled into our, our, uh, our home now in October. And uh, we tried this thing called Let's Move Without Packing. And uh, I wouldn't recommend it. I don't think we're going to do it again. It's pretty much, it was like, had friends show up and they just throw stuff in boxes. And uh, it'll be fun on the other side. <laughs> Trying to figure out, like this one here, it says Christmas and winter. And uh, who knows what was even in that box. So, I mean, it, the first month in our new home, we only found three plates. It's four of us, right? And so we either had to take turns eating or eat quick, or one of us would fast while the others ate, right? <laughs> but how many know, when you move, you realize how much clutter you accumulate, right? How many of you have moved within the last couple of years, and you're like, where did all this junk come from, right? Jacob went from having nothing to collecting stuff over the years, and one of, the, one of the ironies is that he had said that he would be exclusive in his relationship with God. Much like marriage is an exclusive covenant. Jacob had said, you will be my God and I will serve you and you alone. But over the years, there was just some clutter that got stuck to them. And they ended up putting it and carrying this baggage with them wherever they went. They had these pagan idols. Spare tires for their faith. Some of them might have been noble things that they just adopted. Some of them were legitimate things. Some of them are not even bad things. But they compete for the place that only God should have in our hearts. And God says, I need you to get rid of all these things as you're coming back to Bethel. I need you to get rid of the things that compete for me at the center. And as we go through life, we need to do an inventory 
And we need, to, we need to not only pack light so that we can not get stuck where we're at, but we can continue to move forward and grow forward. We need to make sure that we're not carrying junk with us from one stage to the other. Because Jacob tried to reinvent himself by fleeing, by getting away from the danger, the, the threat of his brother. But how many know that wherever you are, there you are, right? Wherever you go, there you are. He couldn't get rid of, of his own inner clutter and, the, and, and the, just the habits of hustling everyone that was around him. And he and his family got in the bad habit of collecting junk. As we step into 2022, let's pretend this is midnight. I don't know if you guys stayed up to all the way to midnight. How many of you guys, you watched New York time, right? And you're like, okay, that's enough. You're like already in bed. You're like, okay. Some of you guys DVR'd it from a previous year. <laughs> so you could get to bed at nine, right? And then you got the other, the rest of us who stayed up till way past our, you know, some of you are like Sydney time. That's good. That's great. And we were on like Hawaii time by the time we got done. But if this is midnight, there's some of the junk that we have that we've collected that has got stuck to our hearts, to our minds, habits that we picked up, maybe toxic relationships, maybe hidden sin. Maybe legitimate things like just binging on social media or Netflix or whatever it is. Stuff that turns into a black hole for your time and your attention. And, you've, and you just got used to this being part of what you carry around. And God is saying, you know what? Where we're going, this can't come with you. You need to not bring it into 2022. How many know that there's things that we need to leave, we need to get rid of, we need to learn how to let go, we need to learn how to shed some of the stuff that gets stuck on the journey. And my prayer is that today God would show us, he would point out any of the things that we need to get rid of in our life so that we can step into this new chapter, this new season without carrying extra weight, things that would compete for him in the place that only he should have in our life. There's a verse in Hebrews 12 that says, and let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. Let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. Then the text in Genesis 35 keeps on and, and, and it says in verse 8 and I've always wondered about it's like a, a weird verse in the middle of this narrative and I always wondered if, if it even made sense to keep it there and, uh, and it says soon after this Rebecca's old nurse Deborah died she was buried beneath the oak tree in the valley below Bethel ever since the tree has been called Alon Bakuth which means oak of weeping and I'm like, okay, let's get on with the story. We're getting rid of idols. We're going back to Bethel. And, and then what? now all of a sudden we're stopping for Rebecca's old nurse. And that doesn't mean much to me, but it meant a lot to Rebecca, who was probably raised by this woman. And I, and I love that scripture points out the fact that they made time to weep. Allow yourself to grieve. 
So many people have experienced loss in the past couple years. Maybe we've always experienced loss, but we're more aware of it now than we were before. And we all have to learn how to give ourselves the time that we need to grieve loss. It could be a loss of a loved one. It could be a loss of a relationship, the loss of a career. It could be the loss of a dream, loss of, of a, a specific hope that we had in mind. Things that, that are no longer part of our story. And it's important to be able to have the time, to give ourselves the time, to be able to grieve that. It's not weakness, it's actually health to be able to grieve loss. This might not apply to everyone, but for some who are listening, I want to just encourage you. If you don't process grief, you won't find closure. And you're not going to be able to move forward in your story. Grief, when it comes to loved ones, is love unexpressed. And it's love that needs to be expressed. It's the pain of missing someone. And it's the expression of that. And it's the acknowledgement of the void that they leave. And we need to be mindful of those who are grieving around us as well. How many say amen to that? We can't just say, hey, pull yourself up by your bootstraps. You know, you got to, you know, shake out of it, outgrow it. You need to move on. Come on, hurry up. No, God made time and space for them to process grief as well. Then it goes on in Genesis 35, verse 9. And now that Jacob had returned from Pedamaram, God appeared to him again at Bethel. God blessed him saying, your name is Jacob, but you will not be called Jacob any longer. For now your name will be Israel. So God renamed him Israel. Then God said, I am El Shaddai, God Almighty. Be fruitful and multiply. You will become a great nation, even many nations. Kings will be among your descendants. And I will give you the land I once gave to Abraham and Isaac. Yes, I will give it to you and your descendants after you. Then God went up from that place where he had spoken to Jacob. And Jacob set up a stone pillar to mark the place where God had spoken to him. Then he poured wine over it as an offering to God and anointed the pillar with olive oil. And Jacob named that place Bethel, which means house of God, because God had spoken to him there. Remember your journey. Get rid of your baggage. Grieve. Give yourself some space to grieve if you need to. And then keep the main thing the main thing. Jacob had drifted back to his old identity. And if we don't, if we're not mindful about cultivating our relationship with God, all of us are prone to drift back into the worst version of ourselves. We need the Holy Spirit daily to strengthen the fruit, the virtues, the strength, the discipline, the resolve that we need. We need to walk with him every day. We can't just... You know, check a box once a month and, 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 and assume that that's going to be enough to transform our life. We need to walk. It's a relationship where we walk with him. And, and, and Jacob, even though his name had already been changed, his identity had been changed years before, he's drifted back to be the hustler. To be the swindler, the one who tries to do it in his own strength, with his own clever schemes and strategies. 
And God says, no longer, no longer. I'm bringing you back to the origin because from this point on, I want you to not only see me clearly, I want you to see yourself clearly. You are an overcomer. You're not a hustler. It's not your strength. It's my strength and my purpose is in you. And God helps to recenter and refocus him. Helps to bring him back to the purposes, the planets. He recalibrates him. He realigns him with his plans. And Jacob, from that moment on, is, he's, he's called to live out this new identity that God has given him. I don't know what, what tendencies you might struggle with or the things that, that each of us, you know, we, our own personality uh, flaws or, you know, our own family of origin uh, tendencies or whatever patterns that we might inherit. We're not enslaved to that. We're not locked into that. God gives us a new identity. He gives us a new possibility to live in that identity that he's established for us. You're not a hustler. You're an overcomer. I'm not going to tell you to tell your neighbor that, right? Because uh, <laughs> we never drift into growth. When we drift, we, we regress. Growth takes intentionality. It takes us taking steps. You know, and as a church, we want to strengthen the steps that are going to help us to walk in alignment with God's purposes. We're going to take a specific time devoted to prayer and seeking him. Like this Wednesday, we got Seek First happening at 7 p.m., Every Wednesday in January following that, there's going to be a time of prayer in the sanctuary here at Spring Lake Park from 7 to 8. We're going to do 21 days of fasting and prayer together starting on January 17th. Time set apart to seek God, to find his voice, to pursue him. And you know what happens when we, when we focus on God? We not only see him with greater clarity, we begin to see ourselves with greater clarity. Because God says, I want, I want you to remember, you're no longer to be called Jacob. You're, gonna, you're Israel. You're an overcomer. And you know what? I am El Shaddai. I am God Almighty. And then God calls him to dream again. And he says, you know what? Kings are in your legacy. In the land and the promises and the plan and the future that I had for Abraham, for Isaac, I'm extending it to you. I'm not done with your story. There's a future. There's a hope. There's so much more to accomplish. And to some, it might feel like, like it's too risky to dream at this point. Or like hope is just feels like a gamble more than it is a certainty. But I want to encourage you. He's the author of faith in us. He's the initiator He's the igniter of hope and faith in us, and he's also the fulfiller of that. It's almost like he's saying, join me and watch me. And we can dream not of what we can accomplish, but what he can do. What can he do in your family? What can he do in the relationships that he's entrusted you? What are the dreams that God has for you vocationally? What are the dreams that he has for you when it comes to serving, to ministering? What are the dreams that he has for you for 2022? 
Don't face this year with the bunker mentality, with the survival mentality. Let's be hopeful for everything that God has in store. This is a year filled with purpose. It's a year filled with his dreams. Let's not settle. Let's not get stuck. Let's not just drift away. Let's pursue him. Let's pursue everything that he has for him, for our lives, for our families, for our homes. Amen. Would you stand with me? Romans 12, 2 says, don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. God would renew and transform our mindset we wouldn't be molded by our contacts or by the things that are run around us or by our echo chambers, but that he would renew our thoughts and that we would discover an incredible, complete, pleasing, good, amazing purpose that he has for each and every one of us. Can you take a moment and just begin to thank God for his faithfulness and say, God, you have been with me. At every step of the way, every step of the journey, God, you have been with me. Can you take a moment and remember the journey that you've been on? Can you take a moment and just begin to say, God, Lord, if there's things in me, things that I've picked up, extra weight, baggage, Lord, if there's things that are not meant to go with me any further than this day, God, I want to I wanna, I wanna break those off. I want to cut that stuff out of my life, God, and I want to get rid of it. I want to shed that. And God, if there's pain and there's things that I've experienced is lost. God, I want, I want to be able to find comfort in you. I want to be able to, Lord, process and grieve my loss, but I want to find comfort in you. And God, I want to live as the person you've called me to be. I'm an overcomer, God. I am an overcomer. I'm not a hustler that needs to try to fix things on my own. I'm an overcomer in you, Lord. Give me your dreams. Give me your dreams. Give me your dreams. Give me your perspective. Renew and refresh my mind, God. Teach me to see things the way you see them. You've been with me at every step of the journey. You have never forsaken me, and you will continue to be faithful all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. You are faithful, Father. Come on, just for a moment right now, would you just tell him how good he's been to you? You've been so good. Not for a minute was I forsaken. The Lord is in this place. The Lord is in this place. Spirit, dry bones awaken. The Lord is in this place. The Lord is in this. Let's sing that again. Not for a minute. Come on. Not for a minute. Was I forsaken? Was I forsaken? The Lord is in this place. Come on. The Lord is in this place. The Lord is in this place. He's you where you're at right now. Into your life today. 
church, I want you right now to take captive of this moment. The Lord is in this place. You're right here, Jesus.
such a powerful reminder and an encouragement going into a year full of unknowns that God is with us that as we reflect and look back at the last couple years and there might have been those moments where you felt alone you wondered out loud where God might have been in the middle of the story in the middle of the situation or circumstance whether through the message or this time of worship we pray that you've been encouraged that God has not left you he is not he will not leave you and will not forsake you that he is present even in the lowest and darkest of moments so we pray that you've been encouraged by that and inspired here this morning uh, Pastor Nathan um, had such a great word, I think, to just kickstart our year. Can we give it up for Pastor Nathan and the, the message of hope that we brought this morning? Thank you for listening to Emmanuel Today. You can learn more about the various ministries that Emmanuel offers and see Sunday services live every week check out emmanuelcc.org for details. Please be sure to tell others about this broadcast that they could enjoy next week at this same time.